Hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I am your host, Jesse, and with me today is an amazing guest. He dabbles in writing about video games, computers, wrestling, and much more. It's Chris Edgerton. Oh, wow. You actually said my name right the very first time without prompting. Uh, the re- the reasoning for this is um what now now I don't even remember his oh it's, it's Joel Edgerton has the same last name yes and yes so I, and I hear his name yeah. all the time in interviews so like I just remember that's how that's pronounced yeah and, and it's it's literally like been the been the saving grace because I can I can go to people now and be like like that guy like yeah. like how that guy says it that's how that's how it it's said because people growing up in school got it wrong constantly all the time yeah because i know i used to i would say like it's egerton for some reason because your brain just switches letters when you read it but yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's not great but but thank you so much for getting my name right first time oh thank you try i try my best um so crystal i'm happy to have you on here uh you came uh, to me kind of uh unprompted usually i have to go reach out to people but you came to me and you're like hey i have this book i want to talk about uh i'm excited about it and, and have you heard of it? And I had no idea what the book was, which is always fun for me. Yeah. And I was re- able to read through all of it last night. So I'm, I'm glad. I was worried I wasn't going to be able to get enough in because I was just busy with a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But I was able to get it, able to dig through it. And I am upset that there's only one volume because it ends on a weird cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and we'll get into that in a, in a little bit as we, as we talk about sort of the, uh, the the arc of this both this book and this and this writer and what it was like for me reading this month to month uh with all the excellent cliffhangers that are in this book yeah um, uh so the book is no one uh left to fight by aubrey uh now see i might mess up these last names uh uh sister to, uh, sister son <laughs> and uh, uh figo oso osio uh aubrey sitterson Sitterson and, uh, okay. figo i think it's osio Ozio, that makes sense. It, 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 it might be Ozio. Uh, I I am really really bad with the pronunciation. I should have checked before this episode, but I did not. I I totally had the opportunity, uh, but I did not, and I apologize. Yeah, and uh, letters done by Taylor Esposito, and looks like more uh, other colors done by Rachel Avila. Uh, just to make sure everybody gets their credit, but those are the, all the people on the book. Um, but before we jump jump into the book. Um, Chris, how did you get into comic books in general? So comic books for, for me, I mostly came to them kind of sideways because I came to them through like the, te- the television and the, and the video games of the 90s and very early 2000s. Like it was very much like I didn't actually read comic books, but I knew about things from the, I knew about Ben Riley because of the Never Saw Spider-Man game, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So I just, there was just a bunch of, of other like ancillary, ancillary media out at the time that was just like Marvel stuff and like a little bit of DC stuff that was just around like video games and, and TV, you know, like mm-hmm. when, I, when I was like, what, like 10, it was when Smallville premiered, like 2002, 2003. Yeah. Yeah, so like superhero stuff has has always sort of been in my purview. I I, I just never it's it, it's not that I never ever ever read comics, but I just never got into the habit of like picking up comics because yeah, it was for one, sure. 
it, it, it was definitely one of those things of like, I lived in the area where there weren't comic book shops, but there also weren't like local libraries, like super close to me. So it's mm-hmm. like, kind of just didn't really ever uh, think about it. And when the digital comics uh, market basically hit in like the early two th- early 2010s, like were you, ju- did you jump on that right away or did you kind of ease into that too? Not, not right away. It took, it took me a couple, a couple years to get in, to get into Marvel Unlimited. I didn't really get in until like 2017, 2018 uh, type of like looking at like just other like actual like comic book stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I'm like fairly new, but it's comics. And especially, especially when you talk about the, the big two, like comics have a big lore and it, and it's li- it's literally like a bible yeah where where once you pick at one thread it all threads back to one thing which then threads back to seven other things so it's easy to sort of keep digging and yeah. just find the stuff you want to find i guess i'm glad you didn't find that super daunting cuz i know that happens to a lot of people which is 100% understandable cuz 80 years of any thing in general is daunting um and but do you be able to hear the like the confidence of just kind of pulling on the threads and just finding the thread that you like the most and so learning about that is really i feel like the best way to go about getting in the comics yeah and it's and it's still hard because it's still a like we don't th- we don't think about it much because like we, we we grew up doing it in school but reading is very much like a discipline right yeah and so you like have to just keep reading if like that's your that's your goal and especially for me as somebody who is very of i wouldn't say averse to like regular reading but i think about like like deeper like philosophy stuff i want to get into and that's like just very thick text and like comic books are a good way to like warm up because like it's not so text heavy that you're like you are reading like stories but they're not like 70 pages thick of like mm-hmm. all this different stuff it's like quick little sentences and you can understand what's going on yeah it's it's weird thing about reading you're really flexing a muscle on your brain to like understand and comprehend so if you don't keep practicing with reading you kind of get lethargic in it uh with any kind of like trait that takes some kind of skill i mean reading (laughs) reading is a skill in some ways but also it's a thing that people just do eventually uh it just depends um but yeah like if you definitely if you don't keep reading you're definitely going to get lazy in what what you do read uh it it does help if you read a lot that it helps you gain the level to get to the harder topics yeah definitely uh so what got you to no one left to fight because it's a dark horse book so it definitely fits in the more independent markets uh so how'd you uh, weave your way into it so so this is an interesting story i knew the writer aubrey sitterson because he, he he used to do uh pr for the uh wwe video games okay and then he he, he went on to like after uh he left uh 2k because when when THQ bought that part of, or when when 2K bought that part of THQ, uh, they were like moving the the studio up to like up to nor- Northern California or 
uh, like up out of LA, right? Because mm-hmm. THQ was in LA uh, and they were um, moving out of there. So he um, started a wrestling podcast because, because he was super in, in, into wrestling. And I got to know him through there, sort of how you've gotten to know the uppercut folks yeah. through like Patreon and just, you end up just talking to people a bunch and you do that for three plus years and you start to just develop relationships with people. And so he's become like, I, I, I'm not going to say like a super close friend, but like yeah. we, mm-hmm. we correspond pretty regularly. So he, I, he, he was definitely like the, 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 the driving force with, with, with this book. He's done other stuff like, uh, Street Fighter versus GI Joe is super super good, uh, but uh, yeah, No One Left to Fight is definitely probably my favorite. No, knowing that he's written a Street Fighter comic, uh, even if it is Street Fighter versus GI Joe, that uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, there's very much uh, very very close to copyright infringement uh, uh, Street Fighter things happening in his book sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's. I, I I I mean, uh, flattery is the what what is that saying? Fla- imita- um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. And like the thing about it is, um, uh, Fico doing the art on it too is, um, it it's some of the best independent art that I never knew about, which yeah. is really surprising. Yeah, man, this was this was ninety percent of the, of the reason that I wanted to talk to you about this book because this book made me understand why people get so particular about art mm-hmm. because Fico's art here, man, is just I I will never find something that hits me the way that this hits me the first time I looked at it. Like there there's never going to be anything like that for me again. Yeah, like, I mean, it really does pack a punch even in the first few pages. It's just like even looking at my trade today, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like th- there were just little tiny details and little flourishes that I just never noticed as I was reading this month to month. But it, it it's just so bright and so powerful and so just honest to God, just unlike anything I've ever looked at. Yeah, one of my biggest uh, things I look for in art, just because it's one of my favorite features, is always facial expressions. Like uh, Kevin McGuire is one of my favorite artists because of his his just the stuff he does with facial gags all the time. And uh, honestly, like there's a lot of flashiness going on in this, but the emotion that he puts in all the faces is something that I think it's overlooked in a lot of books. But like this is still very important that this book has such good like emotional tells within the faces yeah it's it's really 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 good so basically the premise from what i understand uh i only read it once so if there's deeper layers i do not know them yet um is basically hero comes back to town uh from saving the world multiple times and basically he's not well and he's trying to get well mentally and uh he he's meeting with his ex and his brother and his kids that he left behind and it just it keeps getting worse for him yeah yeah and yeah and that's 
that's easy to to pick to to pick apart like what like when you read it as a trade but but definitely month to month that there was a lot of stuff because you're 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 coming at this like this world is a world that's already happened yeah so, mm-hmm. you, so, so you're coming at this story 20 years down the line trying to figure out like who these people are like who is really the bad guy here yeah. you know like and and it n- and see, this is why I I I love this book is because ninety nine percent of the time I hate stories like this. Yeah, I hate, me too. I hate things that that start this way and and don't fill in the backstory. But here, it just there's such a it it's not even a mystery to it, but just a a sort of wonderment, like a like a sense of grandeur around the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That the entire time that you're that you're reading it, you're just like picking up these little tiny pieces, and they're just little tiny nuggets of things that just might show up in the future, and you have no idea. But you're like you're you're actively retaining it in, in a way. Yeah, and it's super super interesting. Yeah, and it's one of as you said, like they don't ever really fill in the blanks. There's a few context clues that fill in some blanks, and some things you do need to know that it does give you. But like the overall backstory, it just isn't there. And after the first issue, I was a little upset about it. But by the time you reach the end of the trade, you're like, okay, I'm here for what this story is now because the past is really what doesn't matter. It's what matters what's happening to him right now. Yeah, yeah, and and there. There, there was, and I'll, I'll I'll link it to you so you can put it put it in, in the sh- in the show notes. I'll, I'll I'll find it. There was like a when they announced the the comic for for Dark Horse, they did like an Entertainment Weekly mm-hmm. uh, c- cover that was like like three page like a three page mini story that that like was sort of filling in those first gaps. Interesting. But they, they I they don't put it in the in the trade which is like interesting business stuff probably but yeah there's probably some kind of license there that they didn't sort out first off yeah so what about this book in particular though is the reason like what other than like it being beautiful and it being really well written for a story that just throws you into the deep end real fast what about it in particular was something that you were like i need to talk about this book in particular just because i i just i really like the idea that this is a we 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 talked about it in the in in the beginning of this episode right like Mm -hmm. comics is such a is such a big and grand and wide thing and there's 80 years of history and why would anyone you know where do i even start like this is a fully totally self-contained five issue trade that you can pick up and more people should know about it yeah because like that's that rules the fact that like this is just its own story and and you don't have to know anything else and it's an honest to god number one that's i i i've i've like gone down the marvel rabbit hole so many times of like of like looking at different number ones and then like finding out that like oh this number one isn't really a number one it's much more like an like a twenty five that they just put a one on because they needed to get numbers or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, uh, yeah. And 
like even the ending that ends on a pretty massive cliffhanger overall once i finished it and i tried to like do research and try to figure out if there's going to be more and i don't know for sure if there's going to be more um even though i knew that like if that was where it ended i was okay with it being there yeah they so i'm not i'm not blowing the, the, the lid off of anything here because aubrey's talked about this publicly so i can talk about it um they they definitely want there to be more they say they have at least like three three volumes planned like they're like pot committed on this thing they just need to for everything to work out and for the the business side of it to like play out and and that's always the struggle with independent books too is a lot of the time even if you find a publisher they're still being self-funded in a lot of ways yeah and i don't i i I don't know anything about the about, about the actual like business side of it or what's done and what's not done so i i won't speak to that but i i definitely will say like they they want there to be more and they have plans and they've they've talked about like oh here here's what we would like what like this is like the the present arc right and yeah and so but but then there's also like a past arc and a future arc and they've talked about like how they want to do that and and can expand things that way so yeah and like this world is ripe for expansion and and like mining if they wanted to but at the same time as we talked about previously like they don't need to like you you get enough in this first trade to be satisfied with the world overall as long as the main story keeps pushing forward yeah uh the other thing i think was um super interesting and it goes kind of to one of the q a questions i wrote too is the idea of his uh, mental health deteriorating throughout the uh, throughout the book um when, when it comes to representation of disabilities or mental health um or just anything of that kind of sort of things that we see day to day or we deal with day to day but they're just not represented very much in comics or if they do they're really poorly represented um, I think this is a case of it representing kind of uh, PTSD really well. Yeah, and, but, and, yeah. And, and 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 that's something. And I'll, I'll I'll say this just because I have I have regular experience with it. Aubrey will regularly reach out to the people he needs to reach out to when when doing this sort of stuff. Like he he definitely does due diligence. Um, I. I would say definitely goes ab- above and beyond from what from what I've seen in terms of the the way that he represents different kinds of characters. And that and that's like I think that's half the battle. Is most of the time people don't do the research, right? They don't they don't do the actual talking to people who deal with these issues to get the real. They'll read like the text, but they won't ask the people, right? Yeah. Because um, I think about how when you read just even like business things, right? Daredevil, from anybody else's perspective, seems kind of hokey when he's in the the law offices. But when he was written by Charles Soule, who was a lawyer, when he's in the law offices, it feels like an actual lawyer, right? Because he, the guy knew was, he he was there. He's been there. So I, I think I think um, actually getting people who've been in the situations or dealing with those situations, getting the information from them instead of from paper, is what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I, 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 and I think too. I think about like the fact the, the fact that like Chris is like technically an amputee, but it, like never like it never has to come up in the book. Mm-hmm. But 
like it does but it could you know also yeah. like like there are seeds there and it's like represented well and it's not and it's also like not represented like oh like hokey magical state savior like like you, you know what i mean like it, yeah mm-hmm. it, 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 it could have easily gone that route but it didn't and it's just really really good and also like talking about like things i didn't notice until i read literally today like krista's headband like it's headphones so mm-hmm. she must be listening to something and i want to know so badly like what is she listening to like what is on her ipod yeah and like what well, is it always on because that's how the only way she can focus is uh is, is that the only way she can mute everybody out all the time yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah yeah, and I, I I am just surprised. Like that's the thing about comic books too. In a lot of ways, is I'm just surprised there's so much out there that I don't know. And when people just throw it my way, it's so much fun to find something new like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what's great about it too, and that's why like I I said like all all I wanted for this episode was was for you to be aware of this book, and I've done my job. So yeah, it's like, yeah. I we're totally good. Like if. If like n- nothing ever happens again, like at least this book, like you know about this book and you know about Aubrey, so I've like done my my job in terms of like what I what I feel like I was put on this earth to do, which is tell people about Rad. Yeah, stuff. and I, I appreciate you coming on to talk about just a Rad book. Um, so not to cut this conversation short but to move on to q a because this is a few things i'm actually super curious to get your perspective on in general right yeah. and and we touched upon it briefly with uh uh one of the characters in the book when it comes to representation of disabilities in comics there's there's two ways people tend to ha- handle them and i don't know if either one of them is the right way um one is the disability is a hindrance i think that's definitely the wrong way because yeah it can be a hindrance but it doesn't doesn't really define completely who someone is in that way. But at the other side, you care, you have characters like Daredevil or even Hawkeye in some ways where they make it so it's a skill. And I also don't know if that's fully the way to do it. Yeah, I think I think um, part, part of what it is is there has to be an honesty in that hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I think it does sort of have to be there, but it's also like not necessarily a thing that has to like put them out of commission you know Mm -hmm. like it's a thing that they have to deal with and some people are great at dealing with their disability and some people are not and that that, that's like why it's a spectrum and why people with disabilities are not a monolith because like literally every person's experience is going to be different like so like as much as I like wish that we had more than Professor X and Oracle and Daredevil, like I love all those characters for different reasons because that's like part of who they are. Like mm-hmm. they are who they are, you know, like I think about like, like, Char- like Char- Charles's ab- ability to be passive and like not as as militant as uh magneto probably comes from the fact that he doesn't he doesn't like trust his his physical body 
Yeah. Right. Like, so like I, I, I do think that like there, it's a, it's a tricky battle. And again, this is probably why you should just hire disabled writers Mm -hmm. because we know this stuff more than able-bodied folks do. And so you should hire them to write books or consult as editors or something. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, and for the next question though, is like, what's your biggest pet peeves in comics? It doesn't have to be focused on just like how people are represented, but just in general, like what, what are the things you're just tired of? Um, I am peeved by the way that the, that the, I guess, market, I, 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 I talked about it before, but the way that we sort of reissue number one to everything. Yeah. When, when it doesn't need to be in it. like I, I I understand why Marvel would be averse to pulling a DC and having there be like 700 more Spider-Man comics. Like I get yeah. it, but like I just need to f- for it to be all in a line yeah. to read because that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to be read in order and it's also not like like my opinion doesn't have to be like the one that governs comics like people can read however they want wherever they want yeah like as as long as you don't pirate it like we're cool like yeah uh you know but it for for me the the biggest pet peeve is like picking up a new number one and then realizing oh this isn't where i actually wanted to start I yeah. wanted to start at this like 2014 series two years two years before this. Like, yeah, yeah. The idea that every comic should be someone's first comic, but at the same time, if you're trying to read things in order, renumbering does get very messy because you can have six number ones in six years, depending on who's publishing. And yeah, and yeah. And, and even just going through the the like Marvel Unlimited, just the web client of it took me half an hour to find like the actual uh original bendis like miles stuff yeah and even then i i had to go back and read ultimate fallout which was the actual setup where peter actually dies and and i had to like go and find that yeah i think uh, that was another example too of um jason aaron's thor that introduces um jane foster thor and I think that book goes through three or four number ones, even though it's the same story from front to back. Yeah. So like, if you start on the number one though, in the middle of the, of the run, you're going to be a little lost and not get the beginning of that story. Yeah. And that sucks because that's not even necessarily Jason Aaron's fault, right? Like no. Yeah. I don't think he makes that decision. Yeah. So like what, that's that's also another pet peeve is like, and and, and that's why this book is great because you can tell you can tell by the writing and the art that this is a co-creation yeah right? like this is fully 100 percent like not just aubrey writing and and fico doing art but it's totally a collaboration between the two and that's why it works yeah and like that's what comics should be is an actual collaboration and not this assembly line million dollar corporation but yeah i agree past the pale on that so we're kind of stuck um and then lastly 
what what is the like the idea of a realistic superhero is so kind of weird because people always compare like well you could be batman well you, you can only be batman if you're rich and have the lifespan to learn every fighting technique and scientific uh discovery within your 10 years before you're 25 um and like even like spider-man you have to be bit by a radioactive spider and be really good at science or even hawkeye like you just have to be very skilled with a bow and arrow it's like what is the idea of a realistic superhero is there such a possibility because there has to be some skill that's superhuman right uh i yeah i i guess i don't i don't really know the the answer to that question because also then what is the role of a superhero yeah is the role of a superhero to fight crime or is it just to make people's lives better yeah or is it like you know like th- there's seven thousand different ways to 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 answer that question so like i don't know like <laughs> yeah like the, there's a there's a part of me that wants to be like oh like doctors and and you know nurses especially um but you know i don't know like i feel like learning anything even mm-hmm. video games like takes a certain amount of skill like you have to commit time to whatever you do so yeah it's like and you know like yeah i don't know that kind of threw me sideways because i i was such a i was such a different question yeah i try i try to throw one of those curveballs in just to get people thinking about something a bit different what do you think like uh, I think the con- I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in the first part when you said what is the definition of what a superhero does, right? Yeah. I think if a superhero is just fighting crime and making people's lives better, you can have people do that in a just way that our society thinks in a way is a military power or uh, enforcement of law power, but it's not in a lot of ways. It's being able to see the gray and kind of parse through it and 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 hopefully the correct way the problem is there's always going to be someone who feels burned by that kind of justice right yeah and they're not they're never going to see the the superhero through that but i think the idea of a superhero is a hero that can kind of parse through the gray areas and not be held to such a perfect standard of a law or an order yeah I think I, I I think to a certain degree that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, like this for a, a topic about just getting a book in people's faces. This is, has actually been a very good topic of just uh, comics in general, but also like representation in books. I think. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I, the next thing I want to know is like, where can people find all of your hot takes on everything or your writing in general? Uh, you can find me currently on twitter at wheels 1993 that was the year i was born um you can find uh most of my writing at at fix.space um it's a it's a site that's like run by six of my friends that i met on a facebook group and they let let me write for them and i've been on their podcast so if you if you search uh fix fyx uh space spoiler cast for either spider-man or final fantasy 7 remake you will find me there talking about my video game bs 
yeah. And uh, for this podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Comics Matter Pod, Facebook, because we still have people who need to be on Facebook, I guess, at facebook.com slash comicsmatter. Uh, you can email me at comicsmatter at gmail.com. And if you want to be a guest, have a story you want read on the air about why comics matter to you, or have any questions for future guests, you can contact me at all of those locations. Uh, currently, after today, hopefully if I have time, uh, we will be putting a pause on the Patreon until I can figure out what I want to do with that, because I don't want to take anybody's money without putting extra content on there. Um, and also, if you can, please rate and review wherever you find us, and tell friends about the show, because I want to grow the audience. I want to see this get further. Um, the logo uh, of the show is done by my friend Steven, and the theme is Join a Restaurant by David Zetsi, and I found it on freemusicarchive.com. And remember, be good to each other, and Black Lives Matter.